Shalom, shalom. Welcome, welcome, world changers. Tonight, we're going to get into the book of Isaiah. We're going to read, you know, 10 chapters. I think it's 10 chapters tonight or very close to it. Chapters 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, and 27. Yes, 10 chapters. 10 chapters tonight of the book of Isaiah. And the book of Isaiah is just phenomenal. We know that even Yeshua quoted from the book of Isaiah. He read from the book of Isaiah. I believe he probably knew the book of Isaiah more than, more than anybody else, okay? Uh, at least he knew it very, very well. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to be reading, and intermittently I'm going to be checking the comments in uh, the live chat. Okay, uh, so let's get into Isaiah chapter 18, verse 1. Woe! Land of whirring winds, which lies beyond the rivers of Cush, Cush, Ethiopia, okay, in the footnotes, which sends messengers by the sea, even in papyrus vessels on the, on the surface of the waters. Go, swift messengers, to a nation tall and smooth, in the footnotes, drawn out, that is, to a nation drawn out, to a people feared far and wide, literally from from it and beyond, a powerful and oppressive nation whose land is whose land the rivers divide. All you who inhabit the world and live on earth, as soon as a flag is raised on the mountains, you will see it, and as soon as the trumpet is blown, you will hear it. For this is what the Lord has told me: I will quietly look from my dwelling place, like dazzling heat in the sunshine like a cloud of dew in the heat of harvest. Now, again, looking at the footnotes, I will quietly look from my dwelling place, actually says literally in my dwelling place, like dazzling heat in the sunshine, literally in the light. I think that, you know, sometimes they should they should translate these things a little bit more in a literal sense, and especially in this sense, especially in this uh, particular circumstance. Like a cloud of dew in the heat of harvest, for behold, or for before the harvest, as soon as the bud blossoms and the flower becomes a ripened grape, he will cut off the shoots with pruning knives and remove and tear away the spreading branches. Okay, so we got over here on TikTok saying, what, what book is this? This is the book of Isaiah, chapter 18, verse 6 says, they will be left together for mountain birds of prey and for animals of the earth. And by the way, again, uh, you guys on TikTok, take note here of this little note here I put up here. If you're interested in actually seeing what I'm reading, I'm sharing my screen right now. So again, in verse six, they will be left together on uh, for mountains, for mountain birds of prey and for animals of the earth. The birds of prey will spread their Summer feeding on them, and all animals of the earth will spend harvest time on them. At that time, a gift of tribute will be brought to the Lord of armies. From a people tall and smooth, from people feared far and wide, a powerful and oppressive nation, whose land the rivers divide, to the place of the name of the Lord of armies, to Mount Zion, or Mount Zion. Okay, so for those of you who are just joining us, what I'm going to be doing here is I'm going to be reading through um, Isaiah from chapter 19, 
through 27, and I will be checking your comments intermittently. In the meantime, if you have something you want to, if you have any serious questions, if you want to have a uh, chat in the live chat there, uh, I will be taking those afterwards. Over there on TikTok, Jamal, Jamal, if you want to prove your point instead of just name calling like a little child, um, stick around until I'm done after uh, after I'm reading this and uh, I'll give you a chance to say what you need to say. Uh, it's a lot better than just Isaiah chapter 19, the pronouncement concerning Egypt. Behold, the Lord is riding on a swift cloud and is about to come to Egypt. The idols of Egypt will tremble at his presence and the heart of the Egyptians will melt within them. So I will incite Egyptians against Egyptians. See, this, this reminds me of, uh, of America today. We have America today and in many of the other uh, uh, countries of the, of the West as well. So much division. Um, and this is what happens when you fall out of the, uh, the ways of God. You, you, I mean, the nation falls away from, from the Torah. Um, you get lots of trouble. You, th you look back in the uh, in the history when a lot of the the laws of America and many of the other Western nations were very much more in line with the Torah that as uh, compared to today, uh, they didn't have the problem we have today. They didn't have the problems. So again, here God says, "I will incite Egyptians against against Egyptians, and they fight." Each other, his brother, and each uh, and each against his neighbor. Each against his brother, and each against his neighbor. City against city, and king and kingdom against kingdom. Then the spirit of the Egyptians will be demoralized again. This reminds me of, of America, right? A lot of, and uh, you know, and uh, some of the other Western nations, Canada, and so on. Uh, the spirit of America, the spirit of Canada, the spirit of Australia has been demoralized uh, within them. Uh, and I will refuse their strategy so that they will resort to idols and ghosts of the dead and to mediums and spiritists. Mediums in the footnotes, ghosts and spirits, literally. Furthermore, I will hand the Egyptians over to a cruel master and a mighty king will rule over them. Mighty king, fierce king will rule over them, declares the Lord God of armies. The waters from the sea will dry up, and the river will be parched and dry. The canals will emit a stench. The streams of Egypt will thin out and dry up. Reeds and rushes will rot away. The bulrushes by the Nile, by the edge of the Nile, and all, and all the sown fields by the Nile will become dry be driven away and be no more. And the fishermen will grieve, and all those who cast the line into the Nile will mourn, and those who spread nets on the waters will dwindle away. Moreover, the manufacturers of linen made from combed flax and the weavers of white cloth will be utterly dejected, and the pillars of Egypt will be crushed. All the hired laborers Will be, will be grieved in soul. The officials of Zoan were made fools. Zoan, in the footnotes, uh, Tanis, Tanis. So this is Isaiah chapter 19, verse 11. 
the advice of Pharaoh's wisest advisors has become stupid. Stupid or, again, in the footnotes, brutish. How can you say to Pharaoh, I am a son of the wise, a son of ancient kings? Well, then, there are your wise, where are your wise men? Please let them tell you and let them understand what the Lord of armies has planned against Egypt. The officials of Zoan have turned out to be fools, and the, uh, the officials of Memphis are deluded. Those who are the cornerstone of, of her tribes have led Egypt astray. The Lord has mixed within her a spirit of distortion. They have led Egypt astray in all that it does, as a drunken person staggers in his vomit. There will be no work for Egypt, which its head or tail, its palm branch or bulrush may do. On that day, the Egyptians will become like women, and they will tremble and be in great fear because of the waving of the hand of the Lord of armies, which he is going to wave over them. The land of Judah will become a cause of shame for or shame to Egypt. Everyone to whom it is mentioned will be in great fear because of the plan of the Lord of, of armies, which he is making against them. On that day, five cities in the land of Egypt will be speaking the language of Canaan and swearing allegiance to the Lord of armies. One will be called the city of destruction. In the footnotes, destruction, some manuscripts. Um, ancient versions, the sun. Very interesting. The city of the sun versus city of destruction. That's quite a difference, isn't it? And this is this this just goes to show the differences again between various manuscripts. You got one manuscript that says destruction, while the other ones would say the sun. I mean, I think I like the city of the sun a little bit more, more than the city of destruction. Verse 19, on that day, there will be an altar to the Lord in the midst of the land of Egypt and a memorial stone to the Lord beside its border. And it will become a sign and a witness to the Lord of armies in the land of Egypt, for they will cry out to the Lord because of oppressors, and he will send them a savior and a champion, and he will save them. So the Lord will make himself known to Egypt, and the Egyptians will know the Lord on that day. They, they will even worship with sacrifice and offering, and will make a vow to the Lord and perform it. And the Lord will strike Egypt, striking but healing, so that so they will return to the Lord, and he will respond to their pleas and heal them. On that day, there will be a road from Egypt to Assyria, and the Assyrians come into Egypt and the Egyptians into Syria. And the Egyptians will worship the Assyrians. On that day, Israel will be the third party to Egypt and Assyria, a blessing in the midst of the earth, whom the Lord of armies has, has blessed, saying, Blessed is Egypt, my people, and Assyria, the work of my hands, and Israel, my inheritance. Just take a peek at the comments here before we get into Isaiah chapter 20. 
Yes, fearfully confident over there on TikTok says to Jamal, why do you say that? I say, say Jamal just used a slur against me. Okay, this is what happens, right? You get all these people that come on, and they just drop a slur and they run. It's almost like you know, it's almost like these children in cars. You know, they just drive by someone, roll down the, the window, and yell yell names at them, and they take off. That's what it's like. Yeah, fearfully confident says you ran away. Absolutely, absolutely. Because once again, it's just like how Fearfully Confident said over here on YouTube, these people, they have no interest in dialogue. Uh, and it's so important. It's just so important to have, to be able to uh, to have dialogue. Um, the truth will always prevail. And uh, good reason, good critical thinking will uh, will always win, always win. People who are not interested in dialogue are, are just literally, literally unreasonable people. Unreasonable. Tammy says, Shalom all. Shalom, Tammy. Good to see you. Blessings. Blessings to you. Bibi says, Shalom, everyone. Shalom, Bibi. Good to see you. Welcome. Blessings. Great deception says, Shalom, everyone. Driving home. Welcome, welcome, brother. Blessings to you. Great to see you. Okay, let's continue. This is Isaiah chapter 20. Prophecy about Egypt and Ethiopia. In the year that the commander came to Ashdod, the commander Tartan, Hebrew Tartan, the commander came to Ashdod when Sargon, the king of Assyria, went uh, sent him and he fought against Ashdod and captured it. At that time, the Lord spoke through Isaiah, the son of Amos, saying, Go and loosen the sackcloth from your hips and take your sandals off your feet. And he did so, going naked and barefoot. Then the Lord said, Even as my servant Isaiah has gone naked and barefoot for three years as a sign and a symbol against Egypt and Cush, so the king of Assyria will lead away the captives of Egypt and the exiles of Cush, young and old, naked and barefoot, with buttocks uncovered, to the shame of Egypt. Then they will be terrified and ashamed because of Cush, their hope, and Egypt, their pride. So the inhabitants of this coastland will say on that day, Behold, such is our hope, where we fled for help to be saved from the king of Assyria and how we ourselves and how are we ourselves to escape. Okay. Now I have to, this is an amazing passage. Isaiah, the, one of the greatest prophets ever in history, went, went around streaking for three years, three years, not a stitch of clothing on him. Can you imagine? What in the world? What's wrong with that guy in the grocery store? No shirt, no service. Well, he's got a whole lot more than no shirt on. I mean, a whole lot less. <laughs> However you want to look at it. Um, three years. Three hours is something. <laughs> Even three minutes, but three years. Now, there's a good lesson to be learned here. Very good lesson. Thanks for the likes over there on TikTok. I appreciate it. Thank you, Voice of One. Um, 
this is a thing. Do not judge by mere appearance. <laughs> That's kind of funny. All things considered, right? In Isaiah chapter 20. But let me let me let me explain it better. Um a lot of Christians, they judge by mere appearance. Say, oh, this person, look at this person's doing, you know, he's acting like he's got an, a, a, a demon when it may not be a demon. It may be the Spirit of God. It may be, um, hey, we're going to read a lot about this kind of stuff. Ezekiel. Okay, when he done some things, I mean, amazing, one uh, amazing, uh, very, very unusual things. Okay, by the Spirit of God, by the Word of the Lord, just like how Isaiah here went naked for three years. Like, like it says here, go and loosen the sackcloth from your hips and take off the sandals. Not even sandals. Not even shoes. Okay, I mean, this is like Adam and Eve style, you know, before the fall kind of thing um, for three years. So this is the thing. A lot of Christians. If Isaiah, if it, if it was <laughs> what they would, a lot of Christians would be like this. They'd be like. Oh, that guy, look at that guy. He is, he's definitely demon. Def, he definitely has an evil spirit. Why? Because, well, you see the, the, uh, the madman from the Gadarenes, you know, the, the madman from the, in the tombs, he went around naked and he was obviously possessed by an evil spirit. And that's very, very clear in the gospels. Therefore, evil spirits make you do these things. Therefore, anybody who does this has an evil spirit. Therefore, Isaiah has an evil spirit. By the way, if you say such thing, you could be blaspheming the Holy Spirit, by the way. Okay? I'm just, I'm just making a point here. Do not judge by mere appearance. Do not judge by on the surface. Don't, don't look on the surface. Dig deep. Ask questions. Talk about dialogue. I mean, we need to have dialogue. What's going on here? Why is it going on? What is your claims? Let's look into this. Let's not make rash judgments. Let's let's really get let's get educated. Let's know what we're talking about. You know, a lot of people would. A lot of people would today. If it, if if Isaiah twenty didn't exist, and Isaiah came back today, and God told him to go around naked for three years without anything on, not even sandals, not even shoes, not even nothing, nothing for three years. Certainly there'd be Christians going, he's got a devil. Oh, he's got an evil spirit for sure. He's just like that man from the tombs in, 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 the, in the gospels. He needs to have the, the evil spirits cast out of him. And in so in saying such things, you could be blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Because they they judge by mere appearance. They don't dig deep. They don't look into the fruit. They don't look into the deeper spiritual things that are going on. So do not judge. Even if it's something that what may appear to be evil may not be. Case in point, Isaiah chapter 20. 
what may appear to be of the devil may not be. Case in point, Isaiah chapter 20. God, sometimes he does things that is just beyond human understanding. It's beyond the understanding of, well, let me say, let me just put it this way. For those who really have the spirit, those who really are led by the spirit of God, it's not really beyond their understanding. Those who are mature and don't, they're not quick to, to judge. Okay. It's not beyond their, excuse me. It's not beyond their understanding, but to a lot of people, it would be, it would be beyond their understanding because they don't have the wisdom. They don't have the patience to sit down and to figure it out, to look into it, to research, to dig deep. What's really behind this? Isaiah after 20, Isaiah goes naked for three years. Some of the weirdest things you could ever imagine, don't brush it off as being weird or evil or whatever. You should be humble enough to say, hey, maybe, perhaps, just perhaps, God's behind it. He was behind it in Isaiah chapter 20. So let's read Isaiah chapter 21. Isaiah chapter 21. The pronouncement concerning the wilderness of the sea. Wilderness of the sea or sandy wastes, sea country. As windstorms in the Negev come in turns, windstorms in the south country come in, come in turns, it comes from the wilderness, from a terrifying land, a harsh vision that has been shown to me. The treacherous one still, de still deals treacherously, and the destroyer still destroys. Go up, Elam, see, lay siege, media. I have put an end to all the groaning she has caused. For this reason, my loins are full of anguish. Pains have seized me, the pains of a woman in labor. I am so bewildered, I, I cannot hear. So, so terrified, I cannot see. My mind reels. Horror overwhelms me. The twilight I, I longed for has been turned into trembling for me. They set the table. They spread out the cloth. They eat. They drink. Rise up, captains. Oil the shields. For this is what the Lord says to me. Go station the lookout. Have him report what he sees. When he sees a column of chariots, a column, again, in the footnotes, riders, riders of chariots, horsemen in pairs, a train of donkeys, a train of camels, he is to pay close attention, very close attention. Then the lookout called. Lord, I stand continually by day on the watchtower, and I am stationed every night at my guard post. Now behold, here comes a troop of riders, horsemen in, pa in pairs. And one said, Fallen, fallen is Babylon. And all the images of her gods are shattered on the ground. My downtrodden people and my afflicted people of the threshing floor. What I have heard from the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, I make known to you. Again, 
course, I'm sure some of you are thinking the same thing as I am. This sounds very much like Revelation chapter 18. Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great, right? Revelation chapter 18. He cried mightily with a strong voice saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen. It has become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit in the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. And again, well, earlier in Revelation 14, verse 8, it also talks about that. There, and there followed another angel saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And by the way, this reminds me of my pre, I guess you would call it pre-Christian years, if you want to put it that way, you know, before, before I really was transformed in 1992. I used to open up the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation was like my favorite book back in those days, like back in 1990, 1991, you know, before I really started walking with God. And so I knew a lot of the things that the, the book of Revelation, you know, spoke of. And it really amazed me Later on, when after I really came into the knowledge of the truth um, and started walking with God in 1992, started reading um, the Tanakh or the Old Testament, as they call it, um, it amazed me that most of the thing, most of the stuff in the Book of Revelation is found earlier in, in in previous scriptures. Much of the Book of Revelation is just repeated, repeated from the earlier scriptures. Much of it is. I I would dare say probably most of it is, most of it is repeat. Okay, let's continue. This is chapter twenty one. Again, in this verse verse nine reminds me of Revelation fallen fallen is Babylon. Okay, down to verse ten. My downtrodden people and my afflicted of the threshing floor. Afflicted, literally son. Why would they? Why would they call it uh, afflicted? That's kind of strange. My son of the threshing floor. What I have heard from the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, I make known to you. Verse eleven: the pronouncement concerning Edom. In the Septuagint, Masoretic text, Duma. Silence. So again, we got differences in manuscripts. Um, so Duma, you know, in, in a couple of the manuscripts and a dome in other ones. So again, this could probably be like a, a scribal error where they put like a, a letter in, in a letter, uh, they put a letter in or take a letter out. Dome, uh, Duma and dome is very, uh, very similar. The pronouncement concerning a dome or Duma. One keeps calling to me from Seir, Watchman, how far gone is the night? Watchman, how far gone is the night? The watchman says, morning comes, but also night. If you would inquire, inquire. Come back again. The pronouncement about Arabia. In the thickets of Arabia, you must spend the night. You caravans of Dadanites. Bring water for the thirsty, you inhabitants of the land of Tema. Meet 
the fugitive bread, for they have fled from the sword, from the drawn sword, and from the bent bow, and from the the press of battle. For this is what the Lord said to me: In a year, as a hired worker would count it, all the splendor of Kedar will come to an end, and the remainder of the number of bowmen. The warriors of the sons of Kedar will be few. For the Lord God of Israel has spoken. Valley of Vision, the pronouncement concerning the Valley of Vision. What is the matter with you now that you have all gone up to the housetops? You who were full of noise, you tumultuous town, you jubilant city, you're dead were not killed with a sword, nor did they die in battle. All your rulers have fled together, and you have been captured with the bow. All of you who were found were taken captive together, though they had fled far away. Therefore, I say, look away from me. Let me weep bitterly. Do not try to comfort me concerning the, the destruction of the daughter of my people. For the Lord God of armies has a day of panic, subjugation, excuse me, and confusion in the valley of vision, a breaking down of walls and a crying to the mountain. Elam picked up the quiver with the chariots, infantry, and horsemen, and Kir uncovered the shield. Then your choicest valleys were full of chariots. And the horseman took position, and he removed the defense of Judah. On that day, you depended on the weapons of the house of the forest, and you saw that the breaches in the wall of the city were, uh, uh, in the city of David, were many, and you collected the waters of the lower, lower pool. Then you counted the houses of Jerusalem and tore down houses to fortify the wall. You made a reservoir between the two walls for the waters of the old pool, but you depend on him who made it. Nor did you take into consideration him who planned it long ago. Therefore, on that day, the Lord God of armies called you to weeping, wailing, to shaving the head, and to wearing sackcloth. Instead, there is joy and jubilation. Killing of cattle and slaughtering of sheep, eating of meat and drinking of wine. Let's eat and drink, for tomorrow we may die. But the Lord of armies revealed himself to me. Certainly, this wrongdoing will not be forgiven you until you die, says the Lord God of armies. This is what the Lord God of armies says Come, go to this steward, to Shebna who is in charge of the royal household. What right do we have here? And whom do we have here that you may cut out a tomb for yourself here? You who cut out a tomb on the height, you who carve a resting place for yourself in the rock, behold, the Lord is about to hurl you violently, you strong man. And he is about to grasp you firmly and wrap you up tightly like a ball to be driven into a vast country will die. And there your splendid chariots will be. 
Your shame will be your you you shame. Excuse me, you shame of your master's house. I will dispose you from your office, and I will pull you down from your position. Then it will come about on that day that I will summon my servant Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, and I will clothe him with your tunic and tie your sash securely around him. I will hand your authority over to him, and he will become a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. Then I will put the key of the house of David on his shoulder. When he opens, no one will shut. When he shuts, no one will open. I will drive him like a peg in a firm place, and he will become a throne of glory to his father's house. So they will hang on him all the glory of his father's house, the offspring of the descendants, all the, ve- the, the least of vessels. From the bowls to all the jars on that day, declares the Lord of armies, the peg driven into a firm place will give away, will give way. It will even break off and fall, and the load that is hanging on it will be cut off, for the Lord has spoken. Okay, just a quick peek again. I'm just kind of taking this one step at a time. So we're going to read Isaiah chapter 23. Um, let's see what we have here in the chat here quickly. Onia, Shalom Onia, good to see you. Onia says the word for son in that threshing verse means building. In that verse, is, it's probably to be translated building and not son. Even when meaning son, via uh, it's via via the idea of the son being a parent's building very interesting very interesting uh let me just let's just go back to that in just in just a moment so okay so what onia brought to our attention here is isaiah chapter 21 verse 10 my downtrodden people and my afflicted of the threshing floor. Afflicted of the threshing floor, again, in the, it's literally, it says here, literally sun. But what O'Neill here is it means building. In that verse, it's probably to be translated building and not sun. Hmm. Wow, interesting. Even when meaning son, it, it's via the idea of the son being a parent's building. Very interesting. I know it's a little bit off topic here, but going nowhere, I oh, can answer this quickly. Any idea of why God has different names throughout Scripture? Jehovah, Yahweh, Elohim. It's talking about like the names of God are talking about his attributes. Right? So, He's got many, many different attributes in the same way he has many, many different names. Again, a lot of people, in my opinion, a lot of people, they they uh, they go too like literal on uh, 
they think that a name is just some phonetic sounds that you make with your mouth and your tongue and that kind of thing. But to me, a name means a whole lot more than just a word or a pronunciation of a word. It, it It's talking about the essence of the very person, or at least one of the attributes of that person. Like, like Yahweh or Yahuwah Rapha, right? Um, God, our healer, the Lord, our healer, however you want to. Say that. Uh, uh, O'Neill says, if you look in the King James, it doesn't say afflicted. All right, let's do that. Um, so this is Isaiah chapter 21, verse 10. Because it is, like, it, it, it is a very weird, it says afflicted and then literally son. So it's, it's really weird that it would go from such vastly meanings. So Isaiah chapter 21, verse 10, this is the Blue Letter Bible, comparing the translations. In the King James, it says, Oh, my threshing and the corn of my floor, that which I have heard of the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have declared unto you. So, okay, so oh, my New King James, oh, my threshing and the grain. Of my floor. NLT, all my people threshed and winnowed. NV, my people who are crushed on the threshing floor. Really, yeah, it's a very interesting verse. Very interesting. Oh, my threshed and winnowed one. ESV. CSB, my people who have been crushed on the threshing floor. So in the YLT, the Young's Literal Translation, O my threshing and son of my floor. Building. Very interesting. And again, you got to wonder how, how it can go from sun to corn or grain. Again, Onia says, uh, because the word is usually translated as son I think it throws off some of those translators. Yeah, apparently. Apparently. Yeah, so Nia says, um, Shalom, guys. It might go off soon, but, but we'll probably come back later. I'm going to talk with an old friend of mine. It's interesting. What about the Darby one? Yeah, that's a good question. Darby. Um so Darby says, oh, my threshing and the corn floor. When I've heard of the Jehovah of hosts, the God of Israel, have I declared unto you. So, I mean, Darby kind of disappoints a little bit there. Yeah, Vinny says, shalom. Shalom, Vinny. Blessings to you. Great reception. Finally got home. All right. Okay, so we're on Isaiah chapter 23. Let's keep reading. Isaiah chapter 23, verse 1. The pronouncement concerning Tyre. Wail, you ships of Tarshish, for Tyre is destroyed without house or harbor. It is reported to them from the land of Cyprus. The land of Cyprus. Katim. Katim. 
Be silent, you inhabitants of, of the coastland, you merchants of Sidon. Your messengers crossed the sea and were on mighty waters, or excuse me, many waters, and were on many waters. The grain of the Nile, I suppose this would be the river. Oh no, it says Shehor, Shehor. Shehor. The harvest of the river revenue. And she was the market of nations. Be ashamed, Sidon. For the sea speaks, the stronghold of the sea, saying, I have neither been in labor nor given birth. I have neither brought up young men nor raised virgins. When the report reaches Egypt, they will be in anguish over the report of Tyre. Pass over to Tarshish. Wail, you inhabitants of the coastland. Is this your jubilant city, whose origin is from antiquity, whose feet used to bring her to colonize distant places? Who has planned this against Tyre and bestowed the, the bestower of crowns, whose merchants were princes, whose traders were the honored of the earth? The Lord of armies has planned to defile the pride of all beauty, to despise all the honored of the earth. Overflow your land like the Nile, you daughter of Tarshish. There is no more restraint. He has stretched his hand but over or he has stretched his hand out over the sea. He has made the kingdoms tremble. The Lord has given a command concerning Canaan to demolish its strongholds. He has said, You shall not be jubilant anymore, you crushed virgin daughter of Sidon. Arise, pass over Cyprus. Even there you will find best. Behold the land of the Chaldeans. This is the people that did not exist. Assyria allo allocated it for desert creatures. They erected their siege towers. They stripped its palaces and made it a ruin. Wail, you ships of Tarshish. For your stronghold is destroyed. Now on that day, Tyre will be forgotten for 70 years, like the days of one king. At the end of 70 years, it will happen to Tyre, as in the song of the prostitute. Take your harp, wander around the, around the city, you forgotten prostitute. Pluck the strings skillfully, sing many songs that you may be It will come about at the end of seven years that the Lord will visit Tyre. Then she will go back to her prostitute's wages and commit prostitution with all the kingdoms on the face of the earth. Her prophet and her prostitute's wages will be sacred to the Lord. It will not be stored up or hoarded, but her prophet will become sufficient food and magnificent attire for those who dwell in the presence of the Lord. Isaiah chapter 24. Judgment on the earth. Behold, the Lord lays is the earth waste, devastates it, twists its surface, 
and scatters its inhabitants. And the people will be like the priest, the servant like his master, the female servant like her mistress, the buyer like the seller, the lender like the borrower, the creditor like the debtor. The earth will be completely laid waste and completely plundered, for the Lord has spoken this word. The earth dries up and crumbles away. The mainland dries out and crumbles away. The exalted of the people of the earth dwindle. The earth is also defiled by its inhabitants, for they violated laws, altered statutes, and broken covenant. Therefore, a curse devours the earth, and those who live on it suffer for their guilt. Therefore, the inhabitants of the earth decrease in number, and few people are left. The new wine mourns, the vine decays, all the joyful hearted sigh, the joy of tambourines ceases, the noise of revelers stops, the joy of the ceases. They do not drink wine with song, intoxicating drink is bitter to those who drink it. The city of chaos is broken down. Every house is shut up so that no one may enter. There is an outcry in the streets concerning the wine. All joy turns to gloom. The joy of the earth is banished. Desolation is left in the city. And the gate is battered to ruins. For so it will be in the midst of earth among the peoples as the shaking of an olive tree. As the gleanings, when the grape harvest is over, they raise their voices, they shout for joy. They cry out from the west concerning the majesty of the Lord. From the west and from the sea, literally from the sea. Therefore glorify the Lord in the east. The name of the Lord, the God of Israel in the coastlands of the sea. From the ends of the earth we hear songs, glory to the righteous one. But I say I am finished. I am finished. Woe to me. The treacherous deal treacherously, and the treacherous deal very treacherously. Terror and pit and snare confront you, you inhabitant of the earth. Then it will be that the one who flees the sound of terror will fall into the pit. And the one who climbs out of the pit will be caught in the snare. For the windows above are opened and the foundations of the earth shake. The earth is broken apart. The earth is split through. It is shaken violently. The earth trembles like a heavy drinker and sways like a hut. For its wrongdoing is heavy upon it. And it will fail, never to rise again. So it will happen on that day that the Lord will punish the rebellious angels of heaven on high. And the kings of the earth, earth, they will be gathered together like prisoners in the dungeon. They will be confined in prison. And after many days, they will be punished. 
then the moon will be ashamed and the sun will the sun be put to shame for the lord of armies will reign on mount zion and in jerusalem and his glory will be for will be before his elders now again this is a comment here i will say that reading this reminds me of the book of revelation where it says that there will be no need for light or there will be no need for the sun in the new Jerusalem because the glory of the Lord will be its light. Very, very, very uh, similar to what we just read. Isaiah chapter 25. Song of praise for God's favor. Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will give thanks to your name for you have worked wonders. Plans formed long ago, long ago, with perfect faithfulness, for you have turned a city into a heap, a fortified city into a ruin. A palace of strangers is no longer a city. It will, it will never be rebuilt. Therefore, a strong people will glorify you. Cities of ruthless nations will revere you. For you have been a stronghold for the helpless, a stronghold for the poor in his distress, a refuge from the storm, a shade from the heat. For the breath of the ruthless is like a rain storm against a wall. Like heat in a dry land, you subdue the uproar of foreigners. Like heat by the shadow of a cloud, the song of the ruthless is silenced. Now the Lord of armies will prepare a lavish banquet for all peoples on this mountain, a banquet of aged wine, choice pieces with marrow, choice pieces in the footnotes, fat pieces with marrow, and refined aged wine. And on this mountain he will destroy the covering which is over all peoples. The veil is stretched over all nations. He will swallow up death for all time. And the Lord God will wipe tears away from all faces. Move the disgrace of his people from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. And it will be said on that day, Behold, this is our God, for, for whom we have waited that he might save us. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let's rejoice and be glad in his salvation. For the hand of the Lord will rest on this mountain, and Moab will be trampled down in its place, as straw is trampled down in the water of a manure pile. And he will spread out his hands in the middle of it, as a swimmer spreads out his hands to swim. But the Lord will lay low his pride together with the trickery of his hands. The unassailable fortifications and walls he will bring down. Lay low and throw to the ground, to the dust. Isaiah chapter 26. Song of trust in God's protection. Verse 1. On that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. He sets up wall parts for security. 
open the gates that the righteous nation may enter, the one that remains faithful. The steadfast of mind you will keep in perfect peace because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for in God, the Lord, we have everlasting rock. In the footnotes, we have Hebrew Yah, usually rendered Lord. For in Yah, the Lord, we have an everlasting rock. Verse 5, for he has brought low those who dwell on high, the unassailable city. He lays it low. He lays it low to the ground. He casts it to the dust. The foot will trample it, the feet of the poor, the steps of the helpless. The way of the righteous is smooth, O upright one. Make the path of the righteous level. Indeed, while following the way of your judgments, Lord, we have waited for you eagerly. Your name and remembering you is the desire of our souls. At night, my soul longs for you. Indeed, my spirit within, within me seeks you diligently. For when the earth experiences your judgments, the inhabitants of the world learn righteousness. Though the wicked person is shown compassion, not learn righteousness. He deals unjust in the land of uprightness and does not perceive the, man, the majesty of the Lord. Lord, your hand is lifted up, yet they do not see it. They see your zeal for the people and are put to shame. Indeed, fire will devour your enemies. Lord, will you establish peace for us? Since you also performed for us all our works, Lord, our God, other masters besides you have ruled us. But through you alone, we can name. The dead will not live. The departed spirits will not rise. Therefore, you have punished and destroyed them, and you have eliminated all remembrance of them. You have increased the nation, Lord. You have increased the nation. You are glorified. You have extended all the borders of the land. Lord, they sought you in distress. They could only whisper a prayer. Your discipline was upon them. As the pregnant woman approaches the time to give birth, she writhes and cries out in her labor pains. This is how we were before you, Lord. We were pregnant. We writhed in labor. We gave birth, as it seems, only to wind. We could not accomplish deliverance for the earth, nor were inhabitants of the world born. Your dead will live. Their corpses will rise. In some ancient versions, Masoretic text says, my, very interesting, my versus your. And just out of curiosity, let's take a look at the Septuagint there, where it says, your dead will live, their corpses will rise. You who lie in the dust, awake and shout for joy, for your dew is as the dew of the dawn, and the earth will give birth to the departed spirit. So let's, out of curiosity, let's take a look at the Septuagint. 
So this will be the Septuagint here. Just going to change this over to Septuagint. Um, this is 26, verse 19. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 19. The dead shall rise, and they that are in the tomb shall be raised, and they that are in the earth shall rejoice. For the dew from thee is healing to them, but the land of the ungodly shall perish. So that's a little bit different yet, isn't it? Um, they that are in the tombs shall be raised versus their corpses will rise versus my, my corpse will rise. Verse 20, come my people, enter your rooms. And close your doors behind you. Hide for a little while until indignation runs its course. For behold, the Lord is about to come out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their wrongdoing. And the, and the earth will reveal her bloodshed and will no longer cover her slain. Isaiah chapter 27. Just give me, give me about... Um, 15 seconds, guys, just a moment. Okay, thank you for your patience. Isaiah chapter 27, God's blessing for Israel. On that day, the Lord will punish Leviathan, the fleeing serpent. In the footnotes, or sea monster, sea monster. Okay. I do believe that Leviathan, at least as depicted in the book of Job, was a dragon or at least this the way it's the way it's portrayed like this huge huge creature that breathes fire and warms up the sea that's in it because of the fire that it that it's that comes from it it's and everything burns around it kind of thing so it uh it reminds me of that it reminds me of a dragon. So I believe that Leviathan, if it was a literal, a physical, real thing, and not just a symbol of something, excuse me, I believe it was a dragon. It's either literally a, a dragon or, 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 or it was a symbolic dragon symbolizing something else. On that day, the Lord will punish Leviathan, the fleeing serpent, with his fierce and great and mighty sword. Even Leviathan, the twisted serpent, and he will kill the dragon who lives in the sea. Now, this reminds me of, was it the, no, what is it now? The Legends of the Jews talks about that, right? Talks about the, there were two Leviathans, and then one killed the other. Verse 2, on that day, a vineyard of beauty, sing of it. I, the Lord, am its keeper. I water, its, I water it every moment so that no one will damage it. I guard it night and day. I have no wrath. Should someone give me briars and thorns in battle, then I would step on them. I would burn them completely. Or let him rely on my protection. Let him make peace with me. Let him make peace with me. 
In the days to come, Jacob will take root, Israel will blossom and sprout, and they will fill the whole world with fruit. Like the striking of him who has struck them, he has struck, he has struck them, or excuse me, has, has he struck them? Or like the slaughter of his slain, have they been slain? You contended with them by banishing them, by driving them away. With his fierce wind, he has expelled them on the day of the east wind. Therefore, through his, through this, Jacob's, excuse me, therefore, through this, Jacob's wrongdoing will be forgiven. And this will be the full price of the pardoning of his sin. In the footnotes, all the fruit, all the fruit of the pardoning of his sin, all the fruit of the removing of his sin. When he makes all the altar stones like pulverized chalk stones, when Ashiram and incense altars will not stand. Verse 10, for the fortified city is isolated, a homestead deserted and abandoned like the desert. There the calf will graze, and there it will lie down and feed on its branches. When its limbs are dry, they are broken off. Women come and make a fire with them, for they are not a people of discernment. Therefore, their maker will not have compassion on them, and their creator will not be gracious to them. On that day, the Lord will thresh from the flowing stream of the Euphrates River to the brook of Egypt, and you will be gathered up one by one, you sons of Israel. It will come about also on that day that a great trumpet will be blown, and those who were perishing in the land of Assyria and who were scattered in the land of Egypt will come and worship the Lord on the holy mountain in Jerusalem. Amazing, amazing. That concludes our reading for tonight. That concludes our reading for tonight. Let's see what we have here. One John um, in, on YouTube says, in Isaiah 24, verse 5, he speaks of, the everlasting covenant. I've been seeing several comments that that are saying the new covenant is not in effect yet. What do you think? Okay, so uh, yeah, Isaiah chapter twenty-four. So we just read this. Let's just go back to it in this context. All right. So the earth is also. Defiled by its inhabitants, for they violated laws, altered statutes, and broke the everlasting covenant. Um, so, to answer your question, one John, what do I think? I think that this everlasting covenant would be the everlasting covenant that's all the way from the Tanakh. I don't, I, I do not believe this everlasting covenant is the new covenant. Um, I do, I would not say that the new covenant is not in effect yet. Uh, so taken into consideration the gospels and what Yeshua said, you know, this is the, this is the blood of the new covenant, so to speak. Um, so the new covenant in that, in that 
in that context would have started then when he shed, well, at least when he started shed his blood, that would have been the new covenant. Now, uh, let me just make it very clear as well that I think to answer your question, one, John, I think that multiple covenants can exist at, at the same time, right? So we can have it, we can have, we can even have like many everlasting covenants all exist at the same time. It's not like one one covenant has to end in order for another one to begin. I think that there are many covenants that could be in, in effect. Uh, so we have an everlasting covenant in, in effect. And at the same time, I think it's possible to have the new covenant in effect as well. So it seems to me that people who say that the new covenant is not in effect yet I could be wrong on this, but it just seems like they're trying to, they're saying that because we already have the everlasting covenant in effect, the new covenant hasn't come in effect yet because we can only do one covenant at a time. So I don't think that is necessarily the case. I think we can have several covenants existing all at once. That's my thoughts, one John. Thank you for asking. Okay. Um, okay. Um, so if we don't have any more questions, I'm going to wrap it up then. So yeah, seems like a quieter night, quieter night in all regards here. I got, uh, the podcast live podcast going as well as, as, uh, TikTok and the other platforms as well. So yeah, it's a little bit quieter night, uh, for anybody who's new, if you're new here, as always, um, make sure you're subscribed, following whatever platform you're on. And um, please be aware that we go live every single night by the grace of God. Uh, we go live six days a week from Sunday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern and every Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern. And so weekends are usually more of like a looser format. Um, try to have um guests on more on the weekends and, and that kind of thing. So that's what we can look forward to on the weekends. Okay, guys, looks like that's, that's about it for now. So thanks again for your fellowship. Thanks again for your questions and your comments. It's good to see y'all here as always. Blessings multiplied to you guys. Yeah. So I'm just going to wrap this up right now. Um, yeah. Thanks again, guys. You guys are awesome. You guys are world changers. One John says, thank you. Blessings. Blessings multiplied back to you, brother. Thank you very much. Okay. We're back tomorrow, Lord willing, 7 p.m. Eastern. Same time, same place. Picking up where we left off. Again, we're reading in, uh, in loosely chronological order here. And uh, going through the scriptures, if if things keep going the way they're going, we'll be completely done the Tanakh. In, well, certainly before the summer is done, that's for sure. And going into more of the apocrypha, uh, apocryphal writings and such. So that's going to be very, very interesting as well. I'm going to really enjoy that. Okay, guys. Until next time, as always, I pray the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face to shine upon you, lift up his countenance upon you, and give you wonderful, wonderful shalom. Amen, amen. See you tomorrow.